Majors. I'm Brian Costello. I'm Jim DeSanto. I'm Katie. And today we look back at the year for some reason, 2020, uh, and discuss what a uh, S show it was. Yeah. I'm trying yeah. to curse less. Yeah. On That's the good. show. Good job, Brian. Try, try, trying to. Uh, but before that, of mm. course, what are we drinking this episode? Katie and I are both drinking. Ooh, sophisticated old fashions mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. made with wild turkey and a little maple, a little black walnut bitters. Black walnut it tastes, bitters. It's black walnut bitters, the Fee Brothers black, black walnut bitters. Give, smell. Me, give me a little vocal effect here. <laughs> black walnut bitters. They smell like a buttery, butter pecan, pecan-y, butter nutty, goodness, candied uh. stuff. Uh. Delicious. Uh. Um, uh. Yeah, it's really good. And I also got Luxardo cherries, which are always yum, the best. Yeah, yum. Fantastic. Secret Santa did him right. All right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I got one of the rare good additions in 2020. Uh, a new beer. With the uh, well, an old beer, but with the new chest in 2020, I'm ranking my favorite year of 2000 beer of 2020, Twine Cutter, but the updated uh, West Coast IPA edition, which came hmm. out this year. Well, I think we have to be clear 2020 was an awful year for so many things, but it was a great year for alcohol. Yeah. I mean, it yeah. was a very good yeah, year like, for alcohol. Mm-hmm. I will say this I finally saw an example of true fake news just this week there's been a lot of fake fake news but i saw some real fake news this year where on the news they claim that alcohol consumption actually went down Hmm. in 2020 and i don't know if i believe that it's it might be that that our sample size is too small brian could be don't don't buy it just gonna throw that at it. Right. I don't. All right. I don't buy that. I have don't to say that. though, I there's been I've had a few experiences of crickets where I was like, uh, you know, I'm sure you also are drinking a whole lot more than usual, and folks were like, mm, no. Ah! My brother today was like, we eat ice cream now. That's mm. that's what they do. Are like, they on the oh. Peloton bikes? No, no, they binge or, TV. Or, binge TV and ice cream. Like, okay. We drink well, a lot of whiskey. I, I we gotta tell you. If you were to look at people who were quarantining with children, so much alcohol, I think alcohol consumption goes up for those and anyone between the ages of 21 and 30. (laughs) I think those groups are massive. Um, Let's hear from our our listeners, listeners, alcohol consumption, up or down in 2020. Up or down, up or down. And that doesn't need to mean it's insane. I just don't buy that consumption. increase. We've had an increase in this house. Although Uh, I think I can count on two hands the number of beers I've had in 2020. No, it wasn't a beer drinking year for us. Yeah, Yeah, you kind of abandoned that. Liquor and Um, wine over here. So fact check, um, rounding out the year, we did 58 episodes. Good for us. This year. It's impressive. Which one a week plus. Yeah. Yep. Well, when you're bringing in the type of money we bring in, it's it's not surprising. <laughs> mm-hmm. it's, it's not surprising. You know, we, this is a, it incentivizes. This is a, pay, this is a pay-to-play industry. That's and, right. Uh, mm-hmm. We Somebody's got to put shoes that, yeah. on those kids' feet. Somebody. Mm-hmm. Uh, we did 48 movies this year mm-hmm. and from Justin to Kelly. That's right. Yeah. It doesn't count as a movie. Uh, no. Though I do have a question for later. Uh, is Justin to Kelly more or less a movie than Mazes and Monsters? More. So think think about that for a little bit. Yeah. Um, so also for fact check, I think a lot of listeners have been wondering mm-hmm. with Christmas just occurring, what free promotional um, mm. thing from CBS did Jim get from Katie for oh. Christmas? Oh, I have so it. What, Should I go get it? What, you have what toiletry? Oh, wait, wait, wait. We have to be was, clear. The things that Katie gives Jim. She pays for it. <laughs> There was one that yeah, was free. Because most people get those things. Oh, she's running. For she's free. running through the house to get this. I, I've, I've been, I've purposely not asked yeah. prior to this because I was really interested in what 
she might have gotten you yeah. oh. um, to oh, do with this. That's, that's a good one. This is, is that a... Oh, this is um, vitamin E, which, which, which was supposed to be, I think, vitamin E facial oil. Yeah. Okay. Let's, let's show the consistency. Um, it is basically thick. super glue. It's thick. This, okay. it, this needs to get to thrown away. It need, no, 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 no. Oh, God. You need to throw it away. What is it? It's it it's it's vitamin oil. It's vitamin E oil. It's supposed Which to be good we, for your skin. We've had in the past. Moisturizing. Have this you is nothing that on your like, face yet? This feels like super glue. This feels like I took okay. honey. Yeah, it's gross. It's so gross. I'm thinking okay. someone switched the bottle. I, I don't it know. Really it really does feel like glue. Is that the is that the highlight call, of your? Uh, I call hijinks. That yeah. kind of reminds me of the episode when Fake David on Shit's Creek no. uh, tries to rip off the company at the uh, little town fair, you know, and is putting yeah. fake labels. I don't. I honestly on don't see how you could put this on your skin. Yeah. Like it is. I, I. I. My skin is tacky now. Yeah. Like, I'm going to have to leave you to go wash my hands. Oh, uh, damn it. Why do you do <laughs> this kind of fine. stuff? I'll just sit like this. It's just fine. I won't like even touch my cocktail. Right, just let's, let's get into this. Okay. Uh, okay. So for our rundown this episode, mm -hmm. and since we don't have a movie, we're reviewing all the films we did this year. Mm -hmm. uh, we are bringing back a segment we loved from last year's end of the year episode. Uh, Katie's Com Majors. Superlative. Mm. All right, here we go. All right. The first superlative that I attempted to award was the sexiest scene in a movie. And then I looked through all 48 films <laughs> that we watched this year and I realized... We watched some very unsexy movies. Yeah, there, there, yes. there. I couldn't think of one scene that really was no. the vibe of sexy. No, so no. I so had I, to flip wait, it before you give right. give and well, maybe you should give yours because I don't want to. I don't want to take well, your thunder. I think so. Yours is probably going to go to our, our next category. So I had to change this. I had to change it to the unsexiest <laughs> scenes on yes. film. Mine uh, were uh, in the style of Ron Burgundy. Yeah, about time. Okay, okay. Or so, midsummer? So I shift. <laughs> All right, we're going to see that later. I shifted to best chemistry uh -huh. because okay. I didn't feel like about time was really like sexy. Like, no. I didn't feel sexy about it. It felt romantic. It felt like good chemistry, but it didn't feel sexy. So the, the, you're, I will you're say, saying you want some more erotic. Yeah, films, none of it got me going. None, yeah. of it, none of it. I no, would say that maybe even erotic, Brian. Just a little, like a little rev in the engine. Uh, Shit's Creek, honestly, was the like the the only thing that I could come to. I was like, there's some know, moments in Shit's Creek that I think are sexy. Do you know what you want? You want a film, all right, where there's a scene. Of, uh, you know, probably a guy who works on the road, sitting at the bar by himself, <laughs> eating, yes. and a, yep. a strange a little, woman a little approaches Kurt Russell? him. Is that, approaches or a little Patrick him, Swayze? And, yeah. Um, there was yeah. not enough Kurt Russell and Patrick now. Swayze in 2020. That's what Didn't I have happen. to say. We had Kurt Russell. We did, but it wasn't <laughs> sexy Kurt Russell. It was okay. like idiot Kurt Russell. He was wearing lipstick right. pretty much the second half of the movie. So, the right, unsexiest so scene in a movie, and the two of you get to vote. Unsexiest. Ben Affleck and Liv Tyler animal cracker scene from Armageddon or Olivia Coleman and Emma Stone leg massage in the favorite. Oh, oh I, I'd have to say leg massage is leg massage. Yeah, she had gout. Yeah. So there was like, oh, that was... what about what about Christian in midsummer with the room oh. full of naked women? Oh, that was, oh, I forgot about that scene. Oh, man. That's I had on there as possibilities. I also no. had uh, David Bowie in Labyrinth was yeah. also on there. I also oh, had Wild like Bill from Silence of the Lambs with him in the mirror. We had a Whoa. lot of unsexy. There was a lot yes. of unsexy to choose from, yeah. which is like downright disturbing. We had a lot of that. <laughs> yeah. We don't really do loving relationships We should have done unsexiest sex scene. Unsexiest like, sex scene. Yeah, that is Midsummer. Midsummer wins even, that. Yeah. Yeah, that we is the most unsexy sex scenes in our movies either. Though, no, come to no. think of it, no. yeah, no. well, let's you know. All right, no. so, All right. so the best we could do was best chemistry, best chemistry on screen. Uh, I got it down to Domhnall Gleeson and Rachel McAdams in yeah. uh, About Time, or 
Saoirse Ronan and Timothy Chalamet in Little Women. Oh, what about... Oh, so you picked those two in Little Women. Yes, I did. What about... I will raise you Spike Lee and Rosie Perez in Do the Right Thing. Oh. You don't see them enough, I guess. No, yeah. I don't think so. And when you do see them, they're kind of like angsty, like fighting, you know? Yeah, like yeah, you don't yeah. see them at their best of times. Yeah, that's true. So I I go with I love Domhnall Gleeson and Rachel McAdams. I think that's my favorite Rachel McAdams pairing, actually, especially in contrast to The Notebook. Mm. I love the two of them. I yeah, I think I'll probably go with that. Yeah. As well. Though big sick, Emily and yeah, it's not really that they're not though. together yeah. much, yeah. I guess. Same deal. Again, so many unsexy scenes. The dude in the Big Lebowski mm-hmm. with uh Julianne Moore. We've got a lot of weird stuff. What about not Buckaroo great? Bonsai Stop. and the <laughs> I thought about that one what too. About it's a twin so of his much dead wife. What about Un- what about sexy. Ilsa? And the Joneses in Indiana Jones. Oh, life so much when she sucks unsexy. on his ear. Yeah. That's so much. pretty sexy. All right. Moving on. Mm-hmm. Our next superlative is worst acting ever seen on screen. Tom Hardy in Mad Max or Cary Grant in North by Northwest. Oh, geez. No, I can't. I, you you didn't can't like, pick Cary yeah, Grant. That's, 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 Cary Grant is horrible. I'm going oh, to remind just, you. I'm disagree. going to remind you of the driving scene. Okay. okay that's that's, 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 I'm also I mean, going to remind you of the pushing someone out of the tower scene. That was that was not the I'm same movie. I'm also going to remind you of the fighting in the woods scene. Oh, that's a right. different movie. Um, um, <laughs> but that was the best drunk driving scene. Until like the 1960s. <laughs> to be fair. Yeah. To be fair. Uh, That's how well, you jump. So we're jump. all choosing yeah. Tom Hardy. Yeah. I, I, had I a was going to say anything in Justin and Kelly. Yes. Well, I, oh, I oh, so here's that's it. Right? I eliminated from Justin to Kelly for all of these options because it would win almost every category. Definitely unsexiest scenes in a movie. We didn't do a, a Andy McDowell movie this year, so I didn't. I, I, <laughs> no, I didn't. I didn't. Add you. I, I was like immediately <laughs> like, "Where's Andy McDowell?" She's <laughs> not there. All right, now we get to costuming. Mm. Uh, we have a best dressed and worst dressed Ooh. category. All right, Whoa, here we go. Best dressed. I got you down to Kim Basinger in *L.A. Confidential*, Dustin Hoffman in *All the President's Men*. Or Beanie Feldstein in Booksmart. Mm. Mm. I'll go Kim Basinger. Yeah, me too. Oh, but so, my so my picks glamorous, so glamorous. Were Richard Gere in Pretty Woman for best dress. dressed. Yeah, he, was very, he had the suit. And Danny at the end of Midsummer. Mm. Oh, with the rose. That might be <laughs> the best a costume twist. of the year. Wow. Yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a, a good twist. one. All right. How about worst dressed? I picked Sigourney Weaver and Dave or <laughs> Delroy Lindo into Five Bloods. Oh, yeah, that was they're both bad. Uh, I go Sigourney Weaver because she's God, the shoulders. Yeah, it was it was the unfortunate. Hair. The, the hair shoulders was, and the hair. The, the hair was really they, bad, but oh. the shoulder. Yeah, it had to be Sigourney Weaver. I think it was yeah. pretty I had the, 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 again from Justin the Kelly would win this category. Of course, every category. Oh, the midriff. You win every category. The, the, the costuming <laughs> yep. and what they did to Kelly yep. Clarkson hair. We're just gonna. We just have a, to eliminate them because it skews all of the yeah, results. I said it, this was a tie between everyone in Buckaroo Banzai. Oh yeah, and oh, uh, I had a hard time with that too. And the like, wretched people in Fury Road, which is what they're called, uh, the wretched. Okay. I will say this about Buckaroo Banzai. I feel like that was of the time like ex- like that people were actually some people were actually wearing Dude. some things like well that. you could say the same thing of sigourney weaver and dave uh, true, it was just a horrible time period for but, women but of a certain I, age i feel like that's a dave is at least a somewhat more realistic yeah. movie yeah uh, true yeah. But yeah, Sigourney Weaver, the wig is unforgivable. Unforgivable. Her, well, she needed a wig. Her hair is horrendous. All right. Funniest moment on screen. Home Alone's Daniel Stern versus the Tarantula mm-hmm. or Cookie's wonky leg in Best in Show. <laughs> oh, gets man. me every time. The wonky yeah. leg you know gets me I'm going every with Home Alone. time. You know I'm going with Home Alone. 
Just Ooh. thinking about her and the way she makes her knee go I, to the side. Yeah, I can't do that, time. though. That makes me. I have to look away. Is, so I'm it, with oh, Jim. it's Wincy. It's, it's yeah, Wincy it's Wincy. Yeah. I, I go. I, oh, I it's think not Wincy for me. I, I oh, laugh. I, my God, I love it so much. It's funny, but it's I love her so much. The vitamin E oil at this point really has soaked in and it's not as tacky. So I feel like maybe it's just like oh. a matter of time. You just okay. need to let it sink in. Or it's your skin's burning off All right. and you don't realize it. Final superlative from Katie. Yeah. Best slash worst death scene. Mm. Midsummer okay. cliff jump and hammer okay. to the head. Yeah. Right. Or Rose the Hat in Dr. Sleep. Oh. Ooh. You know what? I need to rewatch Dr. Sleep. I, I just rewatched the scene. Yeah, it's good, isn't it? The director. So they all kind of like come upon her and then you see them tearing at her. But Dr. Sleep has some disturbing death scenes. Yeah, the kid. Because the kid at the beginning, even though you don't see them kill him, it's awful. The lead up to that moment is so gut wrenching. Yeah, you should read the book. (laughs) I don't think I should. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Uh, LA Confidential has some pretty awful stuff in it, too. too. Please remind me. Um, the I was thinking of that, but all I could think of was gunshots. Yeah, I guess that's all. It pretty that's all you really gunshots see. never feel as bad. Silence to me. of the Lambs. I thought about that. I did, um, but the most we see in Silence of the again, you see sort of like the lead aftermath. up to whereas like Rose the Hat, you kind of like see you her, get, her get killed. Yes. Right. I think it's Midsummer, but it's again yeah. Justin the Kelly killing Justin <laughs> Guarini's career. <laughs> Until uh, very unfortunate, they until, win oh, every category. I will, say, <laughs> I will say, and we'll get a lot to this because I think everyone knows my two favorite movies of the year. Um, the Hell or High Water when the the partner gets killed. Oh, is pretty all right. for just a gunshot. Nice. It's a pretty. No, you're right. It's just pretty, in terms yes. of like gut wrenching. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's true. I I, I hear yeah. you for that. Yeah. So I think overall we have to say for like the uh, the major razzes, the major razzies, oh. Justin and Kelly. Time out. Every time. The best death scene, even though it's kind of, I'm cheating, is Hamilton. Oh. Is when he dies. I also had that as an option for best chemistry. But my choices were Lin-Manuel and Christopher Jackson or Lin-Manuel and Anthony Ramos. Yeah. Because the chemistry in that cast... Is phenomenal. I, th- I think, yeah, I thought it was Aaron Bird. Well, so that's a different kind of chemistry, right? That's like yeah, a well, oil and water. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes we have it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, you're right. You're right. That was right, fun, right. Katie. Right. Thank hey, you. Hey, you know, problem, everybody. Oh, we. That. Oh, the the other death scene I did. I I picked the one that I actually thought of first was um, Walter. What's his name in? Last Crusade, when he drinks from the wrong flask and he... Oh, yeah, that's pretty good. That's That's a good good one, too. Very good. He turns old. Yeah. Fast. Fast. (laughs) Fast. Um, He got there fast. Got there fast. Okay, here we go. Uh, So we are on to our annual awards, the third annual commies. Mm Mm-hmm. Nope. Uh, I don't think we should call them that. It's unfortunate. I think we should call them a major award. Ready? Mm -hmm. Major award. Major award. Major award. Uh, so here we'll go through uh, our usual categories. Favorite actor, favorite uh-huh. actress, uh-huh. Uh, best director, best cinematography, best soundtrack or score, film I'm least, least likely to rewatch because uh-huh. we don't say worst film. Okay, but we, we could. Don't, we don't want to bully. We're not here oh, to bully. No, but I think uh, that's different. Like worst film and least likely to rewatch. Yeah, like, that's true. They're different. That's We're fair. trying to be a little. There yeah, are some movies uh, that I just don't want to rewatch because uh-huh. they're. Yeah. Either like the the I'm pianist. Apathetic. I'm never gonna rewatch that I'm movie, apathetic. but it's a great movie. Say it again. Yeah. The pianist. I like it when you say the word pianist. Yeah. I I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> and best one. Okay, so here we go. Uh, let's start out with our favorite actor in a com majors mm. film. Mm-hmm. Katie, why don't you start for us? Who mm. is your favorite actor in a com majors film this year? Timothy Chalamet. He wins it for me. Which movie? Uh, Which I loved one? him in both. I I was excited so a when I, award. You can do that. Dual yeah. Award. Well, that's it. Because when I looked through, I was like, I love that we got to see the uh, both of my best of we saw in two films, and I loved them in both roles. Mm. Um. So yeah, Timothy Chalamet and Lady Bird and Little Women. I, he was a new actor to me this year. He he was new to me. 
and I'm fangirling a little bit. We just watched him on Saturday Night Live. Really enjoy yeah. the Chalamet. I. It's interesting because I don't think he did much in either of those movies. Oh, I so but, it was funny see, watching him on Saturday Night Live. To yeah. me, showed me what he did in those movies. Okay, because I was like, oh, he's a completely different person. He like, was absolutely hilarious on Saturday Night Live. Yeah, but yeah. when you see I, him just like talking, yeah, he is not those characters. No, 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 no. I know, but I think he just played like the aloof, like, like shithead in both of those. Yeah, movies. but don't. Sorry. But Still I think in, but in doing that, he gave yep. yeah. exactly what needed to be because mm -hmm. he couldn't. I, I think actually both of those performances, I find really interesting because they add to the characters that are most important. Yeah. To the movie. Right. It's, it's the interplay. It. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think, you know, I don't think there are certain actors that could pull that off because they would have to make it too much about their, they wouldn't be able to pull off the oofness that he pulls off. Like they wouldn't I, be willing to do that. Do you know what I mean? Like they would have to make it more about them without character. And I don't think he ever played it that way in Lady Bird I agree. or Little Women. There are certain actors actors actresses where i feel like they they can tell a whole story just with their face mm -hmm. and i think he does that in those films i'm well, excited to see him in dune yeah. Dude, yeah yeah but you couldn't get like an al pacino playing that role because it would have to be like Ooh. al pacino do, yeah. do you know what i mean like but that's what why I mean. am like, i with these kids it's like the opposite it's the opposite of his portrayal she that we started saw years younger than me yeah yeah well, she got a wouldn't, great ass <laughs> Uh, all right jim who did next? you have um oh god i could, i had a really hard time narrowing any of these categories down you just gotta pick one well it, i will say this we this year when i went back watched very few films i didn't enjoy yeah, yeah. i thought even more so than the last two previous years i think there were a lot more duds than we picked I mean, this year it was we, tough so for for favorite actor I have a hard time not picking Anthony Hopkins for oh, Silence so of the good. Lambs. Be so good. Even though he's on screen for like eight minutes or something yep. stupid. That character will go down in history as one of the greatest acting performances ever. Very true. If I had to pick someone else, because that's like the easy way, I'm picking Ben Foster from Hell or High Water. Oh, mm. he was excellent. Because and it is favorite, not best. Yeah. Favorite. favorite performance. There is something so... Uh, like recognizable in that character for me in like some of the people I've been around in my life that I'm like yeah yeah it's it's hard not to pick him he he was incredible All right that's awesome how about you uh so I went all the way back to our first movie of the year and picked Leonardo DiCaprio and once upon a time mm. in Hollywood yeah. uh I love yeah. the movie and I love him in the movie. I think in some ways it's his and Tarantino's most uh, easily rewatchable, maybe, mm -hmm. film. Um, but that doesn't make either of their jobs in it less impressive. Yeah. I just feel like that character was awesome. And it's a movie that you can watch a lot you know he plays some, he plays a range of emotions there's three or four sequences that he carries completely that are very different whether it be the scene in the trailer by himself when he's beating himself up or the acting scene with the little girl or his dy mm -hmm. dynamic with brad pitt or is it i mean there's so many different styles of acting in the movie though i did have two other ones that i didn't think quite got to a lead role. There were more supporting roles that I loved. And that was Chris O'Donnell and Scent of a Woman, because mm -hmm. I just appreciate what he had to do from an acting perspective, considering Pacino was being Pacino and Chris yeah. O'Donnell actually had to give the film a center, you know, which is no easy task. And then also Alan uh, Rock as Cameron in mm. Ferris Bueller's, yeah. you know, which yeah. was in the, I think both obviously are very subtle underlying characters where the lead in the movie is so extreme and over the top to be able to pull something off like they did is pretty impressive. Mm -hmm. But Leo, and I love mm -hmm. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. All right, how about our actress 
category. All right, Jimmy, like to go you first. Go first. Uh, this is really, this one was really tough. I'm going to go, because I know Brian's probably going mm -hmm. here too, is Florence Pugh. Mm -hmm. And she was in two movies that we mm -hmm. loved both those mm -hmm. movies. Um, but I had a hard time picking her over Viola Davis and Olivia yes. Coleman. Oh, yes, mm. yes, 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 yes. Olivia yes. Coleman in The Favorite. Yeah. It's just Phenomenal. incredible. Yeah, uh, I agree. But when I when you talked about someone telling the story with their face, when you watch Midsummer, if you Yeah. It almost feels like they could have just left the camera on her the entire movie. Yep. And just had her everyone else talking to her off screen. Yeah, no, you're you're totally right. I I struggled with this as well. So originally I was thinking Saoirse Ronan because I was knocked out by her performance in Lady Bird and mm -hmm. Little Women. And I still like she still feels like top contender for me. But Viola Davis and Fences yeah. like took me right out like that. Her monologue in Fences, I think, is one of the, the best moments of acting that we've seen, not even just this year, but mm. in years. So I'm going to go with Viola Davis. All right. So I figured Jim would do Florence Pugh, which I completely agree with and will probably be there. Uh, but just to bring up one other is Emma Stone in The Favorite, yeah. Yeah. who is actually my who I mean, Olivia Coleman is amazing in The Favorite. But I thought Emma Stone may not that Emma Stone's ever bad in movies, but Olivia Coleman, I feel, has like hit a level where. Her performances are always so insane. But I mean, I that's a step. So up for us, that was her Emma first Stone. like leading lady role, right? I mean, we've seen her in Broadchurch, Broadchurch, right? Like in a series, uh, which is different, yeah, right? It's different. I mean, she was the uh, this lead, was, though. This, but this was like feature film, yeah, right? I, yeah, she's awesome. I mean, yeah. there's no question about it. But I, yeah, I loved Emma Stone in The Favorite and what she did. But I, I think it probably is Florence Pugh. Uh, and then, I mean, you get in this argument between Lady Bird, Little Women, the favorite. Uh, we saw not some... even talking about um, Jodie Foster and Silence of the Lambs. Oh my Lambs. god! Yes. Yeah. Yep. You know, I we mean, saw some for, amazing acting. You, you this almost year. have to yeah. put Silence of the Lambs aside because it's like it's the, the best... opposite of Justin yeah. and Kelly. <laughs> it is the opposite, and it, and the other movies that we're talking about haven't had enough time to That's like marinate, and like we yeah. don't know how we're going to feel about them in five years. It is, but it's kind of cool to revisit a movie like that. Yeah. we. I feel like so often we go back to movies that we watched earlier in life and we're disappointed by them. <laughs> it's nice to go back to Silence yeah. of the Lambs. Yeah, okay, that feel like, one's not. Yep, no, that's I that also good. loved Anna de Armas in Knives Out, mm -hmm. but that's a way less serious movie. Yeah. But yeah. she kind of carried a movie with a lot of famous people in it. Mm -hmm. All right. Uh, we might start to divide here a little bit. Right. What about your favorite director? Oh, gosh. What was the best direction? All right, Bri, you start us the... off here. All right. So this was a tough one as well. But I went with Spike Lee in mm. Do the Right Thing. Uh, yeah. I thought that it was the one of the best movies but I thought it was the best direction because to me, it's a movie that highlighted a style maybe more than any other director. Maybe I mean, you could argue maybe Tarantino once upon a time in Hollywood. And there was a few other ones, but this was so quintessentially Spike Lee. It's his yeah. best movie. Yeah. I mm -hmm. think in my opinion, not even a debate that it's his best movie. Yep. Um, you know, so I think that, and I just, you see the brilliance in it. And yeah. when we use the example, like what if Spike Lee had directed fences or what if just Spike Lee had done just mercy. And that's all as a reference point because what he did and do the right thing. And you could tell it, it's not just the right. I mean, it's everything. He pulls all the aspects of the editing, the use of music, the style, the pacing of do that. That's, that's where direction comes in mm -hmm. the ability to like take and perform in the film, obviously, but to get the performances he gets out of people. I think do the right thing is one of those examples where you can really tell what direction is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, it's not going to surprise anybody that I'm going with Greta. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Um, again, Greta was new to me this year. I've never gone back to rewatch a movie in the theater. 
Um, and this all happened before quarantine started. Where like I like rapidly was like, I'm going to go see that movie again. And Katie usually only sees about one movie in the theater a year. Uh, Little Women was like a freaking revelation to me. Um, knowing that source material and the way that she reworked it and brought a completely unique vision to something that has been done before. Um, I just, I thought it was phenomenal. So yeah. Greta, Greta gets the nod from me. Awesome. I've had, and I had Ladybird and Ladybird. That too, was it. Was awesome. Right. Where like we watched two of her films and I felt like both of them were incredible. So. Unfortunately, the second Spike Lee movie we watched this year was not, not good. to the standard. Not good. So yeah. I had both of those on my list as well, but I also am. So I'll pick. I had two others that I was thinking of too. Um, I'm gonna pick Mike Flanagan for Doctor Sleep because I think for me it was a very, and I don't know if it was best director, but maybe my favorite. I think Stephen King stuff is really hard to direct and really hard to wrap your your head around how to put a lot of what he does in a book on screen. And I think he did an incredible job with that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's fair. I think yeah. for someone who was at least faithful, you know, close to being faithful, as you said at the time mm-hmm. to it, Jim, it's pretty damn hard to pull that off. I mean, Kubrick did it in The Shining, but The Shining movie well, they were, is, a, yeah. is a Kubrick movie. You and know? he was also so faithful. Off- vision. Yeah, he was also faithful to the to Kubrick's movie. Yeah, that's it. It so was like, a huge it, challenge. Yeah, it was a big challenge, and I th- I think it was a good movie. I need to rewatch it. I think. Mm-hmm. Will you watch the director's cut? Because people like yeah. that. That's yeah. on HBO Max, so you can watch the director's cut. People like that one even more. Yeah. I enjoyed Doctor Sleep. You know, as a non-horror person, though, Me too. We, we watched we watched the sneaky amount of horror films yeah. this year for two thirds of us not liking horror movies. Mm-hmm. Yep. None more terrifying than from Justin to Kelly. Yeah. But <laughs> nonetheless. Uh, all right. How about let's go to my favorite category every year. Cinematography. Mm-hmm. Which do you think was the most visually stunning film? Jim, why don't you start with us? What was your choice? Uh, this was. It has to be midsummer for yep, me. I'm same. And, and and I have hell or high water as well because same. I think same. I think they both had the I the the artistry of like showing the story that so like they're, they're kind of two different approaches yeah. to cinematography, I think. Hell or high water the cinematography lended itself to enhance the story it was telling about this like very specific area of Texas and and what it was. And it showed that in a really interesting way, and and the it it was a beautiful movie. Mm-hmm. It was beautiful. Midsummer was a movie that where the cinematography was unnerving to the point of making you uncomfortable in certain mm-hmm. situations. Whether it was just you know the coloring and the and the yeah the, the how, angle the the closeness yes. of the shot yeah whatever what it. It was it was all very and and this is where I have a really hard time with cinematography because I get caught up in like what what I did mean, the like, director choose versus yeah like like I don't know what what am I judging cinematography versus like director and it's tough yeah um but yeah those are my two picks I I fell exactly the same and and I was going back and forth between those yeah. two the only the other one I had oh, well I'll, I'll let Brian go because I don't want to take his if it, if it was his. Um, I think that, so I think Midsummer for me is, is a lesson in what cinematography is because you, because you can see it so clearly, right? Where like, I can tell yeah, like the, what are the choices in camera, right? Like in well, what like we're going to do with the so camera. Right. And the moment they walk up to that cliff and it's this like almost like washed out salt looking white that like almost hurts your eyes yeah. where you're like you feel like everyone in that scene is like oh my god what are we doing like why are we here like they can they can hardly keep their eyes on it because of how yes. bright it is yeah and i i want to say like in my head when i when i envision that part of the movie i can even hear like an underlying buzz that's like like almost like like a like a yes like that's like yeah oh it gets like right in your spine no you're absolutely right I, yeah. that movie knocks my socks off and for me like we gotta we gotta watch that again the queen's gambit definitely nicole 
Baker. Oh awesome. my gosh, the cinematography on that is amazing. Was amazing. Yeah. Yes. For, a is a, yeah. for a TV amazing. show. Yep. Great. Agreed. Yeah, so I I I agreed with Jim. I was going hell or high water and then the more I thought about it, I was like midsummer, I think through that entire film my thought was on like my like the artistry of what they do right. with the camera in this movie. And we sh- we should have yes. mentioned Ari Aster as director as well because oh, I don't think there's another movie. I mean, I think every director if we asked them of these movies said, "Yeah, like every inch of this movie I cared about and made sure I think Ari Aster was like, hold my beer. The way yeah, that, that, well, that, so that, that movie, right? so. <laughs> like every inch of that movie is well, jam packed Spike, with art. It's Spike Lee in different ways in right. Do the Right Thing, right? right? Like you could tell it's the pulling together of these right. Right. really unique. There's nothing cookie cutter about it. Right. No. Right. You know, whereas some of the movies, you know, if you look at them, you know, like, uh, Air Force One. It's kind of cookie cutter yeah. film. There's but, nothing cookie cutter about both Midsummer. of those films. Like, there's just like such a like a well thought out sneakiness about it. Where like when you think about time period and location, the lighting, the coloring, the camera, it it all works together so perfectly. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. No, it does. I picked because uh, I figured Midsummer was there. Hell or High Water. Those two were on my list because I thought they're stunning. I went with the favorite, mm-hmm. uh, Robbie Ryan, um, mainly because so much of cinematography is light. The homages yep. to Kubrick and um, Barry Lyndon using the candlelight, the fisheye lens. Mm-hmm. Also, just I think the way they almost flipped the script on a period piece yeah. And the the use of the fact that wasn't static, the you know, the way they would, you know, at points use the fisheye to make you feel claustrophobic, but then do these like l- wider shots, which yeah. they tend not to do in period pieces, which I thought, by the way, I should also add, I thought Greta Gerwig did a great job in Little Women of that, you know, two movies that are period in time, but not falling into the confines of usually of what cinematography in a period piece was um and i love that but i just the favorite i remember seeing it on the big screen and i thought it was unbelievable i'm so glad that you brought up both of those films brian because i was thinking about both of those as well so i feel like we've given homage to all of the best cinematography that we saw this year Mm -hmm. absolutely well done uh Okay, perfect. All right, let's go to our favorite soundtrack slash score. Of course, immediately eliminated from this are not one but two films. One, of course, from Justin the Kelly. The only (laughs) fucking film where the soundtrack really should have mattered. Uh, And, of course, quite possibly the worst score in the history of film, A Few Good Men. Yeah. (laughs) Oh. I should have put that on the list of superlatives. That worst uh, score ever. Yes. Uh, Jim, let's start with you. Score soundtrack. You are our music guy. What jumped out? Okay. Again, because this can differ. Yeah. You know what's funny? It's like different. But what which one did music stand out to you the most? I I don't even though I I'm a big music fan. I do not notice score as much as a lot of other people I've come to realize is that a lot of other people can recognize score like immediately. So there are two that stood out to me. Um, and I almost picked home alone cause we just talked about mm-hmm. it and that it's, it's, it's pretty incredible. It's so, but I went to the other and it has to be ET mm. the moment that mm. the bikes take off and there are that they hit that theme. Oh, again, it just feels like magic, right? Like, mm-hmm. it, like, and he can do that with, he can, I, I don't know. There's something about John Williams that he can do that, like otherworldly magic thing in like a small musical theme of like 10 notes that you're like, it yeah. just makes you feel on another planet. Yeah. And, and there's something about him that like, you're always like, this is John Williams. Like there's, there is always <laughs> yeah. that similarity, oh, yeah. but it still always feels, feels somehow like unique and special to that film. And I'm still like, that still puzzles my brain a little bit, but well, it's true before bed tonight, 
Claire and Jack were talking about John Williams. That's great. This just gives you a window into our, they said, oh, you know the guy, who's the guy who does the Star Wars that we like the music? And they'll listen to it on their Alexa dot in the room. So they'll be like, play John Williams music. Oh my God, I love that. And they listen to John and they're like, and I'm saying, oh, Indiana Jones and E.T. And they're like, and then he gets excited because he directed the Boston Pops. So amazing. Amazing. Um, Do do you want to go, Katie, or do you want me to go? Go for it, Brian. All right. So mine is more a soundtrack than a score. Mm -hmm. And I went uh, again with Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Obviously, Tarantino movies are are so driven by music. And this is, again, I think one of my favorites. It instantly gets you like every song, which is not surprising for him, though. But I there's not one in that movie that misses. And I think it immerses you. Um in even better ways than he's done it in other films. Like I, I think of the Brad Pitt driving through California, you yeah. know, through LA sequence, like that's masterful blending of storytelling. Like the, the song in essence is telling the story as opposed to some things from score. It's gotta be John, any of them. I mean, mm-hmm. ET Jim's right. It's iconic. Uh, Indiana Jones and the last crusade, even the themes he plays with that, the home alone. I had forgotten how great yeah. the music and home alone was. Yeah. It's like, you, I mean, it's worth giving that guy whatever he wants. If I were to direct a movie, I, I wouldn't care. I would beg John Williams to score it because, you First know, because, you know, immediately that at yeah. least one thing in your movie is going to yeah. work. Everything else can be crap that people yeah. still watch. Um, we can't talk about movie and film this year without talking about Hamilton, because I don't think there's going to be. Yeah. Anything as significant in regards to m- music um, created <laughs> in this decade as Lynn Manuel Miranda's creation in Hamilton. Yeah, um, so- I feel bad. I feel like I ignored that because it was, even though we ruined it, it was a movie. Yeah, but it is. You're so right. It's we ha- a we have to acknowledge it, right? But I also separated it. I was like, we have to at least just say that that happened because it, it a is separate award. It's it own, is recorded it's and place. it is on film. And I think that this is going to be the piece of art that is studied for decades to come that like, you know, Shakespeare and Lin-Manuel Miranda. I think that's going to happen. Yeah, um, it's kind of cheating, though. And I said this to, and I'm saying yeah. that to to um, I don't know, you know, which if this is your brother or his wife. Chatting. Or both. Or both chatting. Hi, Jerry I like to imagine them snuggled up yeah, right in front of the computer. And M. They're probably NM, all there. Yeah. yeah. Ollie, hello. Go to sleep. It's <laughs> 10 30. <laughs> um, but like, yeah, like Rocket Man, she mentioned Rocket Man, or he re- mentioned Rocket Man. Yeah, of course. It's going to be, it, it's going to be amazing because it's, it's all, it's hard to keep that. Yes. And Hamilton, it's like, that's what you're going for. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But so that said, but it's not really I a focused film. on. Set, yeah, you're right. So I, I had to acknowledge that. But my award goes to Baby Driver. I oh, never, I totally I forgot about that. Never so been true. so moved by the music in a fit like yes. the music yeah. in that movie Absolutely. is a whole other situation. Like I. Immediately, I wanted to rewatch. I wanted to rewatch scenes because of the way the music played into the scenes. I downloaded the soundtrack. Like, I was, I still am. Like, those songs come on my Spotify and I get revved up. When the bell bottom song, that bell bottom song, even even if you never love it, if anybody is listening to this right now and you have not seen Baby Driver, just go on YouTube and look for the, I think it's called like, the first seven minutes of Baby Driver well, or something like that. If you, if you search Baby Driver, I think it's the first thing that comes up. It's they just, do, yeah. Search. What they do with that that Bell Bottom song yep. is absolutely incredible because they choreograph an entire car chase to a song. Yes. and But then that's not even the only, like, right, right. then, and then, 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 then that, he moves to the next the song, right? Yeah. And then so him true. walking down the street to the next song. Like, the, the whole movie moves with music yes yeah i love it love it i love Fantastic. it i love it uh okay we've been very positive time to <laughs> change gears here for a, a brief moment mm-hmm. 
I have become enamored with the Jim DeSanto way of discussing this aspect of film, which is film least likely to rewatch. Cause I, and l- let me give this as a caveat when Jim gives an example uh, and I've completely fallen in love with this idea that there's another movie I can watch that can do a better job than that. Mm-hmm. And that's not to say that the movie's awful or bad. Yeah. It's just that, you know what? I'm not going to revisit this because if I'm going to, use two hours of my time, I'm going to see a better version of what this film is and not waste my time on this film. So um, which film other than Justin to Kelly, which I feel like I probably would rewatch. It, there, there is something if, that if is somebody so gave bad me, that like, it's no, good no, about no, it. Yeah, that's, like that's, if somebody yeah. gave me, somebody it's gave me a lot of alcohol. That movie like, is would, entertaining. Yes. And, um, and there's a few you, others. So like I was looking through the list and I'm like, you know, am I? I don't like this movie, but you but could potentially rewatch it. I could like, probably rewatch it because, yeah, for whatever reason, like I don't know. Like I hate Labyrinth, but I could see myself in some way, shape, yeah, or form rewatching totally. Labyrinth. Hundred percent. Yes, I have mine. So okay, it's Katie, the Rocketeer. What is yours? <laughs> the Rocketeer, the Rocketeer is a wet blanket. That is me. T- I there was so. Is- Nothing about that movie that I need to revisit. So I was there, and then I thought, you know what? If the girls ever wanted to watch The Rocketeer... They're never going to want to. They, they, they might never, but it's not It's not a movie that is unwatchable or is to the point where it's, um, it's inappropriate or anything. No, so it just... It's just bad. Which led me back to... Pretty Woman. Mm. I was thinking about that. Was Pretty Woman this year or was it the the second movie we did this year? I don't know. There are still scenes in that movie, though, that I'm like, there's something about them. There's something about Julia Roberts in that movie that is very engaging. I don't know. It would have to be a long time, though, Katie, because I think like our vision after I'm I'm with Jim, like after rewatching it, so much of the bubble has been burst on that. Mm. Like my <laughs> memories of those scenes, I think everything's were better tainted. than the yeah. actual execution. Yeah. But then there's other movies. Them. So like there's other movies that, that we watch that are just like, eh. And the only reason I would watch a movie like that is for the podcast. So like, mm. Things like The Fugitive, Dave, Air Force One, they all sort of, yeah, they're fine. That's what I'm saying. It's like, they're fine. Yeah, but like they don't, you don't but rewatch. So, I did not enjoy. Okay, no, which no. one would you not rewatch? Yeah, I, I did uh, not? The, again. The Rocketeer. The Rocketeer. Okay, like, so all those Kate other Jim movies, is... I was like, there were moments of enjoyment okay, for me. You that's know? fine. So right. Katie's Rocketeer. Jim is Pick Pretty one. Woman. Pretty Woman. I'm Air Force One. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the reason I'm Air Force One is the Jim rule. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like I could watch. There's five other Harrison Ford movies, which are almost the same <laughs> level of quality as that. Like I would watch the fugitive before I'd watch it. Yeah, I would definitely. watch any of the, I would watch Patriot games. I would watch clear and present day. I feel like there's a bunch of Harrison Ford movies I could watch before mm. I would watch that again. That's not to say it's an All awful right. movie. I think I'd rather watch passenger 57. I would than still watch one. it again. I would, I would rather watch a Steven Seagal movie. Yeah. Before he went to Russia and oh, put on 200 that's pounds. Rude. That's just Oh, rude. that early Steven Seagal is pretty amazing. Mark for death. Time to kill. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, you're about. a mis- Jamaican uh, mob. I don't think I've ever oh, seen them. Come on, Kayla. Oh, we should do a Steven Seagal, early yeah. Seagal film. Yeah. We should do that. It was uh, the Jamaican okay. mob, wasn't it? it? It was, I believe so. There was a voodoo angle in <laughs> yeah, that yeah. one, I think. Yeah, there was like uh, a right. tongue, a, like a goat tongue nailed to the door. Dear Lord. Now, our, our last two, and then we'll be uh, on our last two here. Uh, one is favorite film, and then is what we think was the best film. So differentiate. What was what? our favorite film? Of the year to watch. We enjoy. We love it. We'd say this is our favorite film. But then what was the best film? So let's start with favorite film. I, go, Jim. Oh, you want to go? No, you go, Jim. Hand, um, hand I and I, I think if you go into thinking about this movie as a horror movie, you are bound to dislike it, which may or may not be influencing the Reed Kern dislike of this film. But Midsummer was my favorite movie that we watched this year. And we watched a lot of incredible movies this yeah, year. Yeah, we really did. And I could not shut up about 
what I saw in this movie. I'm still thinking about it once in a while. Uh, however many months. Oh, we watched it in February, didn't yeah. we? Wasn't that else? And I still think once in a while, like, I need to rewatch that soon to, like, figure out more. Yep. Um, and so if you are going into it as a horror, like, this is going to scare me or whatever, I think it's the wrong idea. I think this movie is is a... It's like a weird, awful breakup movie <laughs> that... uh, Yeah. I think Ari Aster said it was, he, he, he said it was, um, what did he say? It was the wizard of Oz, you know, for, for psychopaths or something yeah. like that. <laughs> so I was, I'm right there with you. I, I need to rewatch Midsummer because I only watched it once and immediately at the end of it thought I need to watch that again. Yeah. Um, the movie I watched three times this year was little women. And so that, that has to get my win. Cause I don't yeah. know if I've ever done that with a film, um, felt that compelled to immediately rewatch. Um, so I, I'm right there on midsummer, but I think for me, it has to be little women this year. Perfect. Uh, I have an all time. It's one of my all time favorites. So it has to be on my list, which is Indiana Jones and the last crusade. It's an all time favorite um, for newish movies, though. I go with Jim probably midsummer, uh, which is just, I think, an underrated film that people will be talking about. But I there were some other ones I saw for a first time this year because of the show that I loved book smart, which I mm -hmm. thought is awesome um you know i loved i'm like katie i saw little women in the theater then watched it twice so that's three times this year i think it is brilliant uh to revisit big trouble in little china i mean come on that's yeah it's great it was great so so many some but great I, movies um but also uh one hunt for red october i loved it was mm -hmm. tough like i think john mctiernan like for a movie stuck in an a submarine where yeah. basically not really much happens. It was pretty damn good. Yeah. It's pretty damn good. All right. Let's go now to best film. So this might not be our favorite, yep. but you know, if, if we had to say, what is somebody asked us, what is the best film that you watched this year? What would everybody's choice be? Katie. Do the right thing. Do the right thing is, th is the best film. It's the film that every human should watch. Um, yeah, I kind of knew you were going to, well, I didn't know you were going to pick that. I thought I was going to pick that, <laughs> but I thought you were going to pick little women. Mm -hmm. Um, it's a, and they're both incredible movies, but I'm going with hell or high water. Mm -hmm. And for a few reasons, one, we already talked about the cinematography. The acting is incredible. We could have easily talked about Jeff Bridges as well during yep. favorite actor, um, and Chris Pine, you know, he, yeah. he, uh, they're all the acting in that movie is incredible. And I think it's relevant in the same sort of way that, well, I hope it's not relevant 30 years from now, like do the right thing. Right. Mm -hmm. Like I, I hope will be, it probably will honest. be. Um, but I, I hope, or, or, you know, there's a relevancy to like, what's, what some of these people are feeling um, abandoned by pretty much every possible institution that is there to protect and help them along mm -hmm. the way. Um, and that there's, that's another movie that I want to rewatch. Just. Yeah. 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 Yep. Agreed. So I, so many good ones. I, I just kept coming back to hell or high water as well. Mm -hmm. And I, I mean, understanding, I think that do the right thing is has almost a, gone into like a pantheon of films, kind of like yeah. Silence of the Lambs, almost that it's but I, there's so much time. Like, am I, it's am almost, I right to say, though, that I feel like most people have seen Silence, Silence of the Lambs and a lot of people still haven't seen. I don't do know. The right you thing. see that that's hard because they came out at the same. It's a good question, Katie. I, I feel like we're not the we same were time. Just, did they? 
oh, they were 89 both 80s. and yeah, mm-hmm. 89 and 90, I think. They're, mm-hmm. But the point is, we were so young at that time, so I can't speak to that. I mean, right. obviously, Silence of the mm-hmm. Lambs was huge because of, but I feel like Do the Right Thing was massive as well. I think mm. both are have become they're they're both top 100 they are i mean yeah. if you look at if I, their top 100 films of all time i i'm with jim i think that we saw a few this year that could potentially go that way and this is one that got tons of oscar nominations in hell or high water but i don't i don't think it will be appreciated appreciated truly until it, maybe like do the right thing which i think was appreciated at the time but now 30 years later is recognized for everything that it highlights. But I mean, there were other ones like Midsummer is, I is, I think is the shining. I think the new shining time capsuling we're time capsuling right now, Mm -hmm. right? Like 20 years from now, we're going to have grandkids. We're going to like, we're going to re-listen. Here's, here's what we're going down for. We are going down for Midsummer. Yep. We are going down for little women. Yes. And hell or high water. I best, think best movies I, of the time. I don't know if I'm going down for Little Women. All right. You see, I think I, it's an incredible movie. Yeah. But I think it's because it's it has source material that mm, is not. It's hard. Yeah. And there's other versions yeah. of it. I I do. I think, think that though, does dilute the conversation. I agree. It, I understand that. It could. I'd in rather terms put of originality. Late, yeah, yeah. I, I think I, I will go with that. I think I'm more but, interested in seeing what Greta does. That's like purely original. Yeah. Though I that's do fair. think it's. I, I think it will ultimately be important in her career in the sense that she proved that she can, she's such a talented director that she can impose her vision on something that has been made so many times that Mm -hmm. is source material and make it feel fresh and make it feel like it's her, which is, which is, I think an interesting challenge for a director. I think that's sort of what I'm, I think what I was sort of saying is like, in 30 years, if we if we say Little Women, that I think we're going to think of. Right. I, I, I think I get, I get we're going to be like, that. well, then she made this and this and this. Well, and they yeah, were all incredible. I think, right. I think if you look at I think it will be interesting, though, to look at her career in terms yeah. of the way she's able to build it up and right. how that could be a turning point there. Um, all right. So those are our best films. All right. It's time for five questions. You want answers? You want answers? I want the truth. Do I want to know what just happened? Katie just tried to run to get a tissue and she almost totally wiped out. She jumped on a bunch of cardboard boxes. Scared the shit out of the dog. Okay. Well, hey. The dog was asleep. She's like. Nothing. Nothing spells uh, 2020. Last five questions. Couldn't. Nothing could ever. Uh, go smoothly. Uh, most of these five questions this week are uh, probably easy answers in some ways. Yeah. Uh, we This is our, our, our typical five question end of the year questions that we just changed the year on at the end. So uh, let's start out. Thumbs up or thumbs down 2020. Ugh. Thumbs down. Big Good thumb job, down. Brian. Ooh, thumbs down. Oh, yeah, it's it's that. a t- it's a tough year it's to be thumbs up on. It's yeah. a tough year. I mean, can we find silver linings? Sure. Would you know we do it again? No. You know what's interesting? I was thinking about this week, you know, from teaching a history perspective. It's one of those years that you'll always remember the year and that doesn't happen much in your life. That's true. Like that has a yeah. significance to you. You always think about the year you were born, even though you don't know it, but that like you feel some kind of attachment to it. Like, oh, I was born in that year. And then I feel graduation, like graduation, high school year. Yeah, graduation, high college. And I graduation, feel like 2001, lots of people yeah. remember. But I, this is going to be one of those ones that really, if you looked at it at our age, probably wouldn't have a significance to it. That will always like you will always for the rest of your life. Somebody says that you you will have like a physical reaction to hearing. I was talking to my students about how we like anticipated New Year's Eve in 1999. You know, like what we thought was going to happen. We remember New Year's Eve. I remember what I was doing. I remember New Year's Eve 1999 because we all thought things were going to go to hell. Right. 
and yeah, we Y2K, were 20 years baby. early. We were 20 years early for the entire year. We had no idea. Gosh. I was re-listening to last year's episode and just thinking, who are these people? They yeah. don't even know. They don't so even know what's happening. Ignorant. With the, yeah. Ignorant to it. Um, this is a pretty simple question. Yeah. Uh, question two here. Would you rather relive the year 2000 or 2020? Jim DeSanto. Uh, that, what yeah. year what was I doing we, in 2000? Because we I was hooking up a lot. We were, you were, yeah, you, we were kissing you, a lot. Yeah. Well, yeah, we 2000? were. 2000? Yes, we were, huh? Yeah, we were. We went to Mexico in 2020. In 20. 2000. What is it? 20 years ago. All right. That's when we became I, a thing. You're right. You're right. Love. Thank you. This is actually, for me, a year of one of my favorite years of all time yeah. versus one of my least favorite Cash years of all time. Cash in the peso. Two, yeah. Oh, 2000, baby. It didn't start of- so great. Okay. <laughs> okay. But it had, it was like a I climax just, happened. I, I wasn't <laughs> sure. Don't use, please don't use the word yeah, climax. How do we get you to never say that again? Very uncomfortable. Why are you saying that? I so, wasn't so sure if I had my years right. Okay. Yeah, well, yeah, no, this was the good, that was the good year. Yeah. Yes. yeah. 2020 well, was the year where we weren't sure whether we were going to survive the year. Yeah, 2000 yes. was like, are we going to kiss each other or not? We're going uh, back listen, to 2000. 2000 was end of sophomore year, beginning of junior year. Reed, Reed Curran reminds us it ain't over yet. No, Brian. Thanks. No, that's true. Thank, Thanks. Thank you for that. Yeah. Thanks. Yes. Thanks. No, it wasn't. No. <laughs> no, no, it was the opposite, right? right. It was it's the end of junior year, of junior year, of senior year. year. Yeah, it's a pretty good right? year. Yeah, yeah, mm, pretty yep. damn good year. It was a great I year. I would, I would uh, do an about time situation if I could oh, go back 100%, to it. Live a yes. day. Yeah, Live as long as we don't like year. erase our children. Yeah, no, just yeah. one day. Yeah. Just go back for yes, one day. Please. Oh, uh, okay, uh, fill in the blank here. 2020 should be known as the year of. <sighs> the best thing I've seen it compared to is is the dumpster fire, and I love that. Yeah. The Jezrez in New York City, there was actually a dumpster on fire the other day. And so the Father James Martin was videotaping the dumpster <laughs> fire in Manhattan legitimately. I was like, yep, that's it. Jim's parents have a dumpster on fire ornament on, in do. their Christmas oh. tree this year. It's like, that's it. Yep. It's a dumpster that fire. creative. I love that one. Yep. Light uh, it all up. All right. Let, let's not be completely negative here. Uh, a favorite question favorite memory of 2020 do you have a favorite hmm. memory of 2020 hmm. Hmm. that's tricky yeah memory moment or yeah moment something <laughs> march 12th <laughs> before before before. <laughs> before it all went to hell i don't know what would be your favorite moment or of this favorite year something that you know you enjoyed doing in 2020 I think experiencing Hamilton with the girls was pretty Yeah, that's a good one. Because hmm. it will go down as like one of their all-time favorite things in life. Yeah. Uh, the way it's that they've reacted. Thing. Yeah. Yep. Also, I got that that guitar right there, the Ooh, gray one. It's a beautiful guitar. Which is... Mm-hmm. It's my guitar. It's the guitar for me. Yeah. yeah. I love it. I like uh, that, Jim. My moment is Com Majors. Oh, you like that plug? I forget nice. about Com Majors all the time. And, and all of our amazing people that we started to have on the show yeah. from quarantine. Quarantine, you know, prior to quarantine, it seems yeah. weird because we've gone months now where we're having different people on all the time. We really had never ventured into having uh, friends join us. But I will say the one positive thing that has happened is this thing called Zoom, which I had never known about until we used it for this. Mm-hmm. Now we have all these amazing people that we've had with us. And, you know, we have memories of all of them. Yeah. Agreed. Forever that we can listen to and revisit when we yeah, want to do I'm it. horrible at journaling. I feel like this is the best we're I'm ever going to do is that we've got this podcast, <laughs> right? Yeah, that's Our true. Our kids will listen Facebook to find this one day. Better not ever and die. They probably won't give a, a shit, but no, they, they won't might find listen. it at all entertaining, but we will. Yeah. Yeah, and finally, deep thoughts question. It's the year 2120. What is the automated hologram of Mr. Costello oh. teaching his history class? 
about 2020. You're probably knowing you, you're probably get trying to get them to listen to some of these podcasts. <laughs> it is. It's it's no, so I think you have to decide between is it is oh, no. it what COVID was... or is it the election? It's, it's COVID, right? It's yeah. got to be COVID. Well, has they're, to be, they're so intertwined. Though, I, here's my fear: is like we've just hit a new normal, right? And so, 20 years from now, is it just going to be that folks are like, "Yeah, well, that's uh, that's how life is now," right? Mm. Like, have we just hit what life is? In the no, I don't think modern so. time. I think no. <laughs> I hope not. No. Listen, that's my fear. As somebody, somebody who teaches history on a daily basis, I always think of this year as 1968, when nobody thought that anything could ever be possibly good again. Mm. And then we got the Bee Gees. Mm. Thanks, so Brian. We're gonna be, I hate we're gonna be okay. We need, we need we're, that. We're gonna be Thank okay. You. By the way, amazing Bee Gees documentary right now on HBO Max. Highly recommend you watch it. The Four Seasons uh, press conference. That's exactly what you're going to take people to. <laughs> I will that's exactly what you're going to take your students. To yeah. Well done. Too. Well done. Hopefully, you'll you'll be teaching about how we we you know a, a new a tyrannical dictator, a new party sprung from the shit show that was the GOP. And, oh, and wouldn't I, that be nice? We left the two party system. Decided yeah, well, maybe there was no. A I don't way think we'll do ever things. leave the two party yeah, well, system. To but to be fair, there have been more than two parties in this. We history. came up yeah. with a ranking uh, voting. All these are we abandoned ideas. the electoral college. No, not, yeah. none of all these things. are things that you should uh, tune into other podcasts for. Oh, Brian's nervous <laughs> for getting people upset. <laughs> No, I'm not. No, I just feel like <laughs> for all of these <laughs> things, we're not air. your people. To, to tune Pod in to fresh air. Yes. Yeah. Um, thank you to everybody. Uh, we hope you enjoy your 2020. Any exciting New Year's plans before we go? Uh, uh, Brian, did you see that the Avid Brothers are doing a New uh, Year's? Did I see it? it. Jim and I have already talked oh, about oh, making you- sure the technical requirements are. Uh, so up to alien bear at can the watch them and not kill Brian. Yes, oh, that we'll be able to stream it on the TV. Are the DeSantis will- also watching it? I don't know. Are we? Uh, we, I, I, I think we well, should. We have no other plans. Yeah. We are absolutely tuning Let's in. Let's do it. Um, Brandy's going to be on. Oh, it's going to be amazing. It. Can't wait. Avid Brothers concert. Yeah. Uh, We're in. New Year's Eve. Let's do it. Uh, and we will be kickstarting. 2021 hopefully uh with a new and better world uh looking at one of the few blockbusters of 2020 because really most movies didn't get released in theaters christopher nolan's tenant with our mm. great friend tim from pop adult woo woo So please remember, like, share, subscribe, review, and all those wonderful things. And uh, we will talk to you hopefully in a better year. Thanks for hanging with us. Bye. Bye.